Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, we are back in the studio today. I don't even know what day it is today. Um, <laughs> I don't know what day this is going to be aired, but we have um, our brother in the studio today, Pastor Matt Marino. He's filling in the shoes of Russ Herman, who is, I don't know, probably playing golf somewhere or something. Um, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Yeah, we're glad you're here. So you are serving um, at Dayspring right now with Pastor Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I've been doing the Sunday night series on the Heidelberg Catechism. Awesome. And Phil, you guys are, Pastor Phil from Christ Press, you guys are meeting again, right? We are finally meeting again, yeah. Praise uh, God. We'll be back in the Kleiner Center this you, coming Sunday morning. You were doing some open-air preaching last week. Yes, I was. Uh, Man, in, you are in such the, a radical. In, in, in the wind. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> did you have any passerbyers stop and listen? We actually did. We we had a couple of people drop in because I don't know if they stopped in. Uh, I don't know if they stopped you in. You had because a picnic of, going on well, at the same yes. time. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I don't know if they stopped in for my preaching or the barbecue. So whichever. Well, e- either way. Well, we uh, began yesterday speaking about Black Lives Matter. Do one of you guys want to do a recap of, of just a quick summary of that show? I don't know that uh, we can't summarize the show. I think we have to go on. I mean, we were t- talking about uh, you know the difference between uh, the 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 movement and just the understanding uh, that yes, Black Lives Matter. God has created all nations. Um, he's going to redeem all nations. That, that sort of thing. So I'm not sure exactly how right, but, to but, recap everything. No, but I think that's good. So we we made a distinction between a slogan. Mm-hmm. And a movement, mm-hmm. yeah. Make it make a it's, and it is an important distinction between the slogan and and the organization. There is a specific organization yeah. that's behind it, and, and that's what we're looking at. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about uh, something that's very very unpopular uh, regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. We're going to talk about facts and statistics. Uh, we recognize that the Bible tells us there's a time to to speak and a time to be silent. Obviously, you know. Uh, when George Floyd was murdered, it's obviously a time to lament and 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 enter into you know the suffering of of that man and his family. Um, but since then, uh, the chaos has ensued, the riots have begun, and we can't be silent about the facts any longer. Uh, recently, J.D. Greer, who is the current president of the Southern Baptist Convention, came out in support of BLM. Any released a video, you you can Google it, you can find it relatively easily, and he said two statements that I think we need to think hard about. First, he said that the the BLM movement has been hijacked by radicals, because he wanted to come behind that sentiment and say, hey, Black Lives Matter, it's not helpful to say all lives matter, and what you're seeing really with the Black Lives Matter movement, it's been hijacked by radicals. Matt, what what do you got to say about that? Think that's true? Well, you know, 
I, I will say that I don't know enough about the the movement or the organization itself. But when you ask yourself, you know, what are they proposing? It kind of goes back to the whole question of social justice and that, you know, label being called sort of a, a boogeyman. And I think J.D. Greer is trying to do the same thing here is uh, anytime you use the word cultural Marxism or social justice or any of these other things, you're made, you're kind of shamed. They're sort of, uh, you know, calling you on your bluff and hoping that you are bluffing, that you don't know things about this. And hopefully you're just sort of parroting what people say and you're being paranoid and things like that. But you, you can ask yourself, you know, what are they advocating? And whether it's the people, you know, that have been speaking on the Gospel Coalition already for three or four years and stoking these flames way before these people hit the streets, or whether it's these people themselves, what are they asking for? Well, they're typically asking for two things. They're typically asking for a redistribution of material resources via the power of government, and then secondly, to level uh, through the same power of government, uh, private uh, social structures and authority structures. And that gets into the gender question, and why would they care about that if it's Black Lives Matters? Well, it's because it's all cut from the same cloth. It's yeah. all an economic and cultural leveling. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess regardless of, so back to J.D. Gersh's statement, I guess regardless if it's been hijacked or no, he actually used the word radical movement. And I think that's important to seize on. This is a radical movement. If you go to the BLM website, here are some ideas that they have, including on their list of core beliefs. Uh, here's the first one. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We foster a queer-affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather the belief that all in the world are heterosexual unless she, he, or they disclose otherwise. Those are just two, two. From the, from, from the, the woman, her name is um, Patrice Cullors. She's one of the, the founding members of the BLM uh, movement going back to 2013. Yeah, exactly. Well, Um, there's the philosophy basically behind the, and we want we've been making a distinction in this show, and I want to make it again between uh, a statement that uh, self-evidently true that Black Lives Matter, and have 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 Black lives been discounted, been cheapened, been uh, less valued? Yes, absolutely, and that is sin. And, um, but we're looking at the, the Marxist underpinnings. Some, some people call it cultural Marxism, uh, behind, uh, the, the BLM. And that's what you just gave us some some very specific examples, uh, Josh. And to a certain extent, I want to be sympathetic. What J.D. Greer said, we need to listen. And absolutely we need to listen. One of the first ways we love and we're commanded obviously to love is, is, is to just, to just listen, but be very, very careful what you're swallowing. If you sign on to a movement and you don't know what its roots are and you don't know what it actually believes and attached to BLM. And I'm not talking about the Bureau of Land Management. That's what my wife says every time I say BLM. (laughs) (laughs) Attached to BLM is this giant pile of Marxist baggage uh, that wants to totally transform every aspect of our society and, and not in a biblical direction. Yeah. Well, Josh, you mentioned, you mentioned that one of the precepts there was a, a rejection of the nuclear family. And when you think about what God has instituted, there's really 
three institutions. He's instituted, instituted government. He's instituted the family. He's instituted the church. And in this, uh, you know, in this regard, this uh, rejection of the the family. This is this is where, uh, in one sense, welfare has created a great deal of this problem because uh, you know, like you know, there are you would talk about certain facts and feelings. Well, facts, you know. In in 1960s, uh, the welfare state's expansion, uh, there was 22 percent of the black children uh, were raised by only one parent. In 1985, after welfare state's expansion, 67 percent of black children were raised by only one parent. In 2016, after 60 years of welfare, 73 percent of black children were born to unmarried mothers. Now, my my wife grew up in the South, and I understood. I kind of understood from her some of the things that were happening then. Um, why 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 is this happening? Well, welfare paid pay single mothers uh, more than married ones, and and encouraged more out of wedlock births. And so there's a rise of this fatherless class. Mm-hmm. And this is the one thing they don't even want to accept. They don't want to even recognize that this is what's destroying those communities yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah this gets to the whole issue of um sorry uh structural racism as well a provocative way to say it but very true is yes i believe in structural racism there's one devastating form of structural racism that has existed in america and it's called socialism socialism has been running the policy of the inner cities in this country for the past three to four generations certainly uh, certainly by the Great Society, but post World War II, they've been running those societies. And so, you know, who's making the laws about you know whether it's the police, uh, but more importantly the economics. I mean, you mentioned those, and uh, if if anybody wants a good book on statistics on this, Thomas Sowell's book, uh, The Vision of the Anointed. It was written in 1995. It is an excellent book. Um, Sowell is uh, a black man, and he happens to be, I think, w- one of the great sociological minds of our time, and he deals with statistics, and you know, at some point after 30, 40, 50 years of being one of the architects of the Great Society and other programs like that, you have to not only question people's intelligence, you have to question their sincerity when they say they love people. But what they mean by that is dragging a dollar bill through the ghetto and telling people that you can have this check if you divorce your spouse, if you close your bank account, if you quit your job, and if you have more kids. You are incentivizing slavery, and all you've done is to replace the plantation slavery of the South with the urban slave plantations of all the urban areas that we have in our country. So yes, we believe there's structural racism. It's Mm -hmm. called socialism. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why, um, so the second statement that that J.D. Greer said, he said, it's not time to talk about statistics, but to enter into experience of our black brothers and sisters. And I would just say, you know, again, quoting Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. But when we're talking about creating policies, um, we have to bring in stats. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about a movement that is is saying that it's inherent, that, that its main cause is against racism, we have to point out their inconsistencies. Do black lives really matter um, to them? I mean, just look at the, the abortion the abortion statistics. Uh, if you are a, a black child, a black infant, you are, you know, statistically in graver danger of being aborted than you are of being shot by a white police officer. The stats are out that clinics commit 1,000 George Floyd encounters every day of black children in America. 
Now that's that's a statistical fact, and yet to bring this up, um, uh, you know, in terms of what this movement would say about that, they support they support abortion. Well, and many listeners probably know that the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was openly virulently racist, yep. and specifically wanted to reduce the number of what she called undesirables, mm-hmm. and uh, and and specifically black babies yeah uh there there's deep uh, and wicked racist roots behind planned parenthood and the abortion industry yep absolutely well um there's a couple other st- stats on here i'm just responding to what uh, mr greer said uh, in terms of policing um the stat out right now by the National Academy of Sciences in 2019, and then also research by a Harvard economist, uh, Roland G. Fryer Jr. in 2019, says that a police officer is 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black male in America than an unarmed black male is to be killed by a, a white police officer in America. Um, now, those are... I don't, I don't bring those up things up to be mean or to be rude. I know that's often how our listeners hear us in terms of, hey, you guys are just giving cold, hard facts, but these are facts that can't be ignored. Well, I think that, I think that one of the problems is that oftentimes when people say systemic racism, they think of that individual um, police officer. Well, the systemic racism as Boeing, that we would point out is the stuff that's taking place in the social strata of, you know, abortions or the socialism or the welfare state and all these. That that's where the real racism takes place. That's right. Well, and the and, other is just sinful individuals. That's right. Yeah, and um, you know, we are going to continue to talk about this, and we are going to press it through the lens of the gospel. But if you're getting impatient with this conversation, I would just encourage you, there has to be groundwork that's laid first before we start talking about the solution and all of these things leading up to to pressing Marxism and BLM through the gospel are necessary things. So if you missed the last two shows, just subscribe to our podcast at The Gospel for Life. We hope to see you tomorrow. 